came up with this sort of cheesy tagline, something we really believe in, though. It's, we want to see the whole church whole again. Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. Uh, we've got a bunch of special guests, a guest host, and my occasional co-host. I mean, you just want to like um, guest host is Erin Hardy. You may know her from our website, uh, thekeysout.net. She helps write some of the children's ministry stuff there. Erin, say hi. Hey. Or for another reason, yeah, guest host ghost. Hello there. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Mandy McLaughlin, who is, what, what's, what's the official title? She's in charge of camping things. Yeah. <laughs> Where am I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> South Carolina Camping Coordinator. There, wow, that sounds really official. Wow. Yes, right. For the Church of God Province. Yeah. Yeah. I've been flexed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, big flex. Um, I'm the host, Joshua. This is called, uh, we already did your intro. Um, and we also have Chris Galloway, who is worship pastor? Youth pastor? Youth pastor. Pastor, yeah. pastor. Pastor, pastor. Man of wisdom. Sage. Of wisdom. Guru. I, I, don't, I don't know. What's it, what's All of the above. Youth pastor. That's your job. Uh, youth pastor. Yeah, this is very long. Church got a Okay, that 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 sounds good. <laughs> uh, is that is that the same church as Pastor Ryan? It is not. He said uh, Clemson yeah. with Pastor Chucky. Those are close to each other, right? Or am I just like making up locations? Kind of, sort of. Not really. But, huh. Yeah. Well, forty-five minutes. Interesting. Everything's forty-five minutes in Greenville. Listen, I'm in North Carolina. I'm just like, yeah, they're, they're in South Carolina, and I just generally think yeah, we're all in the same we're location. Than you. They're, they're all really close to Batesburg. They're, they're not. <laughs> Batesburg is where we do our camping ministry that uh, Mandy will talk some about later. Uh, so for our intro, we like to hit you some really deep questions to get everybody thinking from the get-go. Um, today we want to know what your favorite club balloon is. Mine is Yeller. Not to be confused with Yellow. Yellow is too bright. Yellow is like the more subtle, just a more pleasant color for a balloon. All right. Yeah. yeah, so Tiberius, your favorite color balloon? Right. So I've actually thought a lot about this. Um, yeah, I had full warning. Yeah, I, <laughs> did, I, I had about a week's warning. And uh, I'm going to have to go with like a, a blue, like a light blue. Because sky yeah. blue? Almost. Tiffany blue? No. If, My girlfriend's uh, name Tiffany. Shout out Tiffany. <laughs> if, uh, you know, what's more serene than a, a light blue balloon that is floating away? Uh, it's nice and calming to think about. It is nice. Wow. All right. Um, Ghost Aaron, what's your favorite color balloon? Well, I had about a 10 minute heads up on that because I read your notes. Um, <laughs> I would have to go with orange just because that's a cool color. Like bright orange? Yeah. The color of um, God's least favorite team, Clemson? Yeah, I don't really care about that. <laughs> but I'm talking about like the orange you get in like the six-pack of dog food. That's a good oh, okay. Oh, that's yeah. great. Okay, um, we'll go with Mandy next. Favorite color balloon? Probably a royal balloon. Are you sure that this is going on record? That's yes. Like Kentucky blue? blue? Go Wildcats? My family's from Kentucky. Yeah, I guess. Cool. That, that answer will be more <laughs> nice for us. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Royal blue. All right, nice. so uh, Chris Galloway, favorite color balloon? Green. Green? I would choose green. Like bright green, light green, and lime green. green? Bright green. Bright green? Bright green. Like a lime or a neon? Like like the color of the... Like neon. Like neon. 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 neon green? Oh, that's good. I like neon. Wow. Good answers. Bye. Bye. Nice. Okay, so today we're... We always talk about church unity. I don't know why I say today. We permanently talk about church unity. The whole podcast... Is about the whole church being whole again. We have that really cheesy catchphrase to see the whole church whole again. It's our mission statement. Um, 
So one thing with camp, we, we were talking earlier about just different groups that we're able to bring in who aren't even necessarily part of the church or maybe they're part of something else that you're able to do coming into a camp ministry and just kind of being able to bond there. And it's there really doesn't seem to be any division at camp. It's just people being people. And I think, think that's one thing that's really neat to talk about how camp is able to do that and how maybe we could do that in a grander sense with the church would be ideal, I guess. And then um, Chris Galloway, I know you do a lot of worship. And um, worship mm-hmm. also seems to be something most most churches do worship. Sure. Interesting enough. We wow. use a lot of the same worship songs. It's crazy. Yeah. Actually, just just yeah. random fun fact. I did not like the song Crazy Love until Chris Galloway sung it at camp last year. So that time it's Reckless Love. Love. Reckless Love? But Man, yeah. what's, what's Crazy Love? Is that his own song? I don't think that's not a song. It's not? Yeah, I don't know that one. No, Crazy Love's a book. I don't know that one. Crazy Love's um, Francis Chan's book. Okay, yeah. Crazy Love. That's Francis Chan. He's going to be on the last episode of the season. He just doesn't know it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, yeah, so Reckless Love was the name. Reckless Love. You know, what's funny? Before then, I liked the Spanish version, but I didn't like the English version. Because in Spanish, it's uh, Amor Sin Condicion, which is love without condition. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's that's super accurate. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. Sometimes I get way too much in my head on is it accurate enough? Well, God's love is reckless. I mean, God's love does not care what you're doing. He doesn't care who you are. It is going to love you. He doesn't care about the consequences. Sure. Well, he uh, loves you, and you're going to deal with that. Well, part of my thing was, and that's just, that's, I don't that's think definition-wise, God's ever reckless. He plans everything out. But then sure. I thought about the song. We're not singing it of, hey, what is God's logistics on his decision? You know, that's not the point of the song. It's how his love is to me. And when I think about myself and my own condition and what he's willing to do for me, it seems reckless. Sure. Yeah, we just kind of dissected that song for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) But so, good song. One thing that's interesting because, you know, in order to talk about unity in the church, we have to address that there are problems in the church. And one thing that I I found interesting, specifically with me and you, Chris, both of us, I know whenever we first met here at camp, we didn't get along that well. Not at all. (laughs) We had a spat. He said, not at all. I still don't like you. Okay, Chris. No, 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 not at all. Yeah, we had a little thing, though, right? Yeah, but then um, what I think happened, which you you can correct me, and, and this is me being really vague, and I'll ask you more questions about it later. Hard hitting question, but uh, I think we both uh, just became more like Jesus, and I think yeah, I think sure. is uh, in our Christian walk, if our goal is to be more like Christ, the more we get to that, the more we find ourselves united, which is something we addressed in the first episode of the podcast with my pastor, Pastor Gary Atkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the deal. Is uh, you don't know people, and you're mature, you're immature in Christ. So as we're growing together, you get to know each other, and if we're going to have that bond of Christ, uh, it's going to cause us to grow closer. I think that's a good. That's like that's a good starting point for all people. Is that 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 mustard seed? I'm sorry for using that phrase. <laughs> that mustard seed of faith can grow into you know a mustard plant, hopefully. A mustard plant? A mustard tree? What? But it's a tree. It's a very large. Yeah, that's one thing. So I know. Okay. But we. Uh, my Bible facts don't matter here. It lets you grow those relationships with people sure. right. a lot yeah. better. The more you pursue your faith, which is a big part of you know unity, which what the podcast is about. Yeah. Which I think is part of why camp is so effective in. As a ministry and as a, you know, no one's like, oh, well, we shouldn't do camp. I don't see a lot of arguing about camp. I think it is because 
at camp. It's just simply about how do we get these kids to Jesus? And, you know, there isn't any any of these deep theological questions that we're all going to argue about or is this issue okay or any politics. It's just how do we get these kids to Jesus? And we all kind of agree on that point, right. I think. And that's where I'm like. Yeah, a lot of it is that, you know, my perspective with camp is to build that community within camp so it it, it, it that it goes outside of just the camp doors, the camp walls, that it goes out to the community. Um, I think with camp, the, the draw with camp is we come already and united in, in, in some sense, we're come already united in one mind front to be able to, number one, we know we're coming to worship. We know we're coming to, um, to seek the face of God and we're coming together to meet all our friends. So we're all coming here in one place to be able to, to worship together. It's already a, Unity is what bring us brings us together. When you get here, it's even a stronger unity. Now, I think I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I don't care. We were talking about something earlier that I just, I really enjoyed. I guess mm-hmm. enjoyed the right word. It intrigued me in a positive way. Okay. That's how, that's how I'll phrase that. But it's a. Uh, you were talking about some kids who came from another country to camp and how their worship was so different. It shocked some of the other people, but then as we realized what they were doing, we were able to kind of make amends. And I immediately went, man, church unity, how much more effective could the church be if we just understood right. one another's differences like that? Oh, yes. Could you share some of that story, maybe? Well, we had, I had went to a different camp, but you see, you see, I've seen it when other cultures come together, even with our, um, our state conferences and stuff and our international conferences. But with camp, we were at a, at a conference, um, and... This group that came from Africa, and their worship was different. The way they worship was different, um, and people didn't really understand to begin with what they were doing and how they were doing. But when they stepped back to be able to take a look and say, you know, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand what you were doing. How, you know, what the differences were. They were able to um, to embrace their differences when they stopped and asked questions. When they stopped and realized, oh, okay, so this is your worship. This is your culture. And I think a lot of it, even to help create unity within our church as a, well, in any church as a whole, to bring the churches together, is we need to slow down and ask questions. Well, why sort of judgmental? Just ask, you know, how do, how do you do that? Why, why do you do that? And not be offended when people ask you, why do you do certain things a certain way? Um, but the exciting thing about camp was that they took the time to ask, um, you know, why, why, why are you dancing before the Lord? Why are you worshiping before the Lord like this? We're not used to this type of worship. And the guys from Africa were able to explain, this is what we do. Because, you know, God has done so much for us, and we want to worship Him, and this is our worship and how we do it. And we demonstrate it. Now that hits the surface on some interesting things. A lot of difference with Pentecostal worship to other denominational worships is there's a lot of more gifts of the spirit emphasis, especially right. you know, speaking in tongues is one. Yes. Um, and so yeah, you know, people from Baptist churches or Methodist church or whatever, they come and they see our worship and all of a sudden someone's speaking in tongues and that just scares them so much that they don't even want to be associated anymore. Right. So is there a way to take that kind of idea that you were just talking about of seeing the different cultures and understanding their different kinds of worship and applying that in a way where we can still worship with you know our fellow brothers and sisters from other churches like Baptist churches who don't believe in speaking in tongues. Is there a way to kind of make that principle overlap here? I think so, but I think it comes down to not being afraid to ask questions, not being afraid to understand, um, to understand somebody else's perspective and not get 
now get your feelings hurt when they you know try to explain to you about their cultures because I think when we we can come together I'm a person personally I personally love to learn about other cultures I love the history of the Bible I love that kind of stuff why did they do this I was always the kid who got in trouble because I asked why too much <laughs> why do we do that what is this what is, and so I love to learn about people and I think as a church church speaking as church as a whole is when we can learn to embrace each other's differences and respect each other's differences, that's when we can come together. And it won't matter if you speak in tongues, if you don't speak in tongues, if you shout, if you raise your hands, if you don't, we can all come under the same roof or come over under the same together and worship God. We can worship the same God. You know, so be able to come together and worship um, in unity. Okay. I've got two follow-up questions. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll open this so we're not just only asking Mandy. Anyone can answer um, so then, obviously, it's the idea of, you know, respecting one another, of, okay, you speak in tongues, you don't speak in tongues. Especially, you know, if you don't speak in tongues, I get that, you know, you hear someone speaking in tongues, you just accept that part of their worship, ask them why, ask them questions. What if you do? If you do speak in tongues and you're in a church who doesn't, should you refrain? Wow. Well, I'm a person who believes you don't cut it, only cut it off. So I don't think you, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a switch. You can cut right. it on and cut it off. You can't stop. That's yeah. I, I mean, I you can quench it. You can quench. You it. can quench it and not and not allow God to use you. Um, but there's also I don't think you can flip it and say, oh, here it is, and turn it on. I mean, I just it's it's God. It's God. I'm a person who believes it's, it's God, and that's just the way I believe it. But I think that number one, the Holy Spirit and God are a gentleman is how I've explained like there's a respect thing yeah. um and I believe if it's if God's trying to use you in that way in any organization and you're the only one who speaks in tongues I believe there's a message that he will give out yeah. and there's an interpretation that he would give out with that as far I think it's in the time and the place that it's appropriate um right. I know people who have went into other organizations and they start shouting and screaming in tongues and it's flesh Right. Yeah. It's not God at all, right. no and it causes a it causes a disturbance. Mm-hmm. God's about order. Order. Yeah. So to me, I mean, I believe God's about order and respect for each other, and I don't think He will. I don't think it will overstep where it's not wanted. Right. That's and then my, to, to kind of I go too deep with that. No, that's okay. I agree. the rabbit hole a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> no, I got, I got another one too. I agree with the whole thing. Uh, I'm one that believe. I don't believe you turn it on and turn it off. Uh, and there's scriptures where Paul talks about to the Jews I become Jews, to the Greeks I become a Greek. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this, he's saying uh, that he's doing this that I might win more. And at the end of it all, it's about winning souls to Christ. And I personally don't believe God's going to send you in the midst of something and he's going to create chaos and he's going to run people off. He's all about drawing us in. And I believe if you're in a room and, and the spirit starts moving, they're going to be receptive to that. Uh, as is on a day of right. Pentecost, different instances in the Bible. Um, but I agree with, you know, so, I don't think you, you get the choice to just turn it on, turn it off. The Spirit, so one more, the spirit moves. Yeah, the Bible yeah. says as the Spirit gives them utterance. Right. Um, so one so, more, and then I'll stop with this rabbit hole. It's okay. First Corinthians 14, Paul talks a lot about only two people should speak in tongues and one person should interpret. Is he saying... That they can't control it? Is that what he's implying? Or is he saying that's only what the Spirit will do, and if it's not this, then it is in the flesh? Well, I mean, I think it goes a little deeper, because if you study 
and you, you start realizing the Holy Spirit. Me personally, uh, I struggled with this for a lot of years with the Holy Spirit. I knew people that spoke I mean, in tongues. A lot of people knew. That's why I was like, and, hey, uh, I thought, man, these people, they're not crazy. They're good people. I know them. They love the Lord. And so I struggled with it. And I, I began praying until the Lord did baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Um, but I believe it goes uh, to the place of the Lord is not going to create chaos. And, and Paul speaks of this. And he talks about when you're up and you're, you're given this, you're speaking in tongues, pray also that you can interpret the tongue. Uh, and and through, study, through study, so, uh, I've realized that the Holy Spirit will give an interpreter is for the body. It's right. for the church as a whole. But also in study, you find out that uh, there's a personal time you know, yeah. that the Spirit would operate. And um, I, I believe that the Bible teaches us that if there's no interpreter, that was personal. And we could go as far to say as it's disrupting in the church if there's no interpretation. Right. We could go as far to say that with Scripture. Uh, that's You've always been a really, I mean, I don't know what, I know what the Bible says. I don't know what you say. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's how that's I like live Chris my Galloway. life. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Galloway, I tell them this. Right. I say, well, I can believe you or I can believe the Bible. Right. I have a 97-year-old mentor and he tells me this. He <laughs> said, God said what he meant and he meant what he said. The problem is we all are trying to figure out our own version of right. God's word. Like right. let's just take the word. Yeah, yeah. And, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. and so thus comes everybody's writing their own commentary on what each individual scripture means. I believe it's a living awesome. word, but God also puts some literal things in there for us to right. follow. That's always been like if I were to pick out two you know, characteristics of you in a church setting, it would be, man, I know what the Bible says. And <laughs> Uh, the retention of lessons in oh, regard man. to camp. Oh, that's that's unrelated. <laughs> yeah, Paul yeah. said that the Bereans were more notable than the ones in Thessalonica because they would go home and search the scriptures intently to see right. if he was telling the truth. And uh, when I read about the Bereans, I thought, I want to be more notable than the others. I want to go home and search the scriptures and know that it's the truth. And when you do this, you don't have to be uh, afraid. I you, you can be bold. Yeah. Pokemon, Pokeball notebook that I bring to church, and I nice. just write down every single Bible reference. But you know, some churches they stick with one segment, they preach through that. Sure, that's not my pastor. He uses ev- a verse from like every book in the Bible every time he preaches. I'm like, well, I'll be busy tonight. <laughs> yeah. When you go to court and they present a case against you, you don't get one piece of evidence, right? right? They right. present a case, <laughs> As uh, and I tell people if you're going to preach the gospel, present the case of Jesus Christ died, crucified, rose again. Uh, it, it works. I would shout amen, but I'm really close to the mic. I don't want to hear it. It's hurting one's ears. <laughs> oh, man. There we go. Amen. Oh. <laughs> you know, man, I said I was done chasing this, but very generic because all the way back to the event game, what Mandy was saying, ask more questions. We have five Pentecostals on this podcast right now. About the whole church. Someone who's not a Pentecostal comes to one of our churches, and they do. They, they take Mandy's advice. They ask more questions. Why do you speak in tongues? What do we say? Oh, we speak in tongues because God has given us the gift of utterance. What is that? Why would he do that? Oh, I'm not equipped to answer that question myself. Uh, we have a pastor in the room. Uh, Chris? <laughs> well, just throw him on the spot on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I believe, personally, I've been taught uh, it's a spiritual thing. Uh, I, I teach teenagers a lot, so I... Uh, to to not take up forty five minutes to try to explain, I believe I believe that God has wrote a book of your life, and I believe that the Holy Spirit helps you find the mysteries of God. Um, I believe when He's operating the Holy Spirit, He's speaking through you. It is for a purpose. In the Bible, we found that on the day of Pentecost, there was a purpose. 
there was people that said, well, how are they speaking in our own language? And then we get a man that stands up and preaches, and everybody around is getting saved. There was a, a real purpose. Um, in your personal time, there's a purpose, I believe, it's unlocking things in your life that God has for you um, that you may not know of. And the Bible talks about searching the deep things of God. The yeah. Spirit searches the deep things. Uh, it's, it's the things I can't understand. Um, it's the things like this. Lord, speaking in tongues sounds a little crazy to Chris, and I know these people aren't crazy. I need some help. Yeah. Uh, and so I seek out, and through the Holy Spirit, He reveals things to me. And so without speaking in tongues, without the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, I wouldn't understand even what I'm talking about now, which is sounds kind of crazy, um, but, you know, it's the kingdom well, it's, of God. It doesn't always make sense. I think I'm, re- I'm reminded more and more of my mom's story. My mom um, grew up in the Wesleyan Church, oh, and um, my uncle, her brother, had started going to the Church of God of Prophecy, and... Of course, he went, she went to church with him. He kept begging her to come, so she went with him. And the whole tombs thing kind of confused her. And so what she did was she went home. She was strong in her faith and everything else. She went home and she told God, if this is real, you show me. Yeah, that's it. That was me. If this is real, you show me. I want it. If it's you, I want it. But you got to show me. And it wasn't too long after that, God baptized me her with the power of spirit speaking in tongues and the Holy Ghost. I mean, One because more. she said, you know, I want to I want to know for me. Sure. I don't want somebody else to tell me. I don't want to. And I think when you are sincere yeah. and you go to God and said, okay, God, I see all this stuff. I want to know for myself. I want it to be a personal experience for me. Yeah. You help yeah. you help me. And he did it for her. And she's never turned around and went any other way. She's been, you know, that's 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 mom. That's really, I did not plan on this yeah. being the power speaking in tongues podcast. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this, this is good. This a is a little great. bit of everything tonight. Well, well, so God, God knew it was going to be the speaking in tongues yeah. podcast. Yeah, definitely. But it's a personal thing. It definitely is a personal. Thing. It's a, and I've told people like something like Chris was saying. I mean, I've told people if you want to know, you see God. You ask Him. You ask Him. It's a gift. You ask Him, He'll show you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be in the congregation all you want. Everyone around you is speaking tongues. Mm-hmm. But if you're not feeling it, then you're not going to know what's going on. Yeah. If you're uninitiated. Like, uh, well, I think I can't relate because I've been in the church since I was five. I mean, that's just the way of life for me. But I can imagine coming from, like, I've attended a Methodist church before. Coming from a denomination like that, that would have just been, like, world-breaking. And if you don't seek out God's gifts... Then you're going to be in the dark. What's well, another thing? Going back to the camp part of this, I went to many, there we go. I went to many camps, <laughs> many camps this summer. I won't name names. Went to many camps this summer. I thought you said many. many. Like, oh man, miniature camps. Many. That sounds great. Many <laughs> golf. Many different camps this summer. Um, oh. After hours, during hours, after hours, that kind of thing. Our camps were over with, and one of them I went into. Probably was the only one in the place that knew the baptism of the Holy Ghost or had it or anything like that. Yeah. And I could tell that the presence of God was, they didn't believe in baptism of the Holy Ghost, that kind of thing. But I could tell that the presence of God was there. Right. He was there. I could feel the presence of God. I knew, but 
it bothered me like the whole time I was there. So I'm like, okay, God, what is what's going on here? What's going on here? And it was almost like there was this cover. Mm. Like you could God, you're only allowed to go this far. Yeah. It's like there was this cover. It's like if they would just rip the top off of this and let God do what he needs to what he would love to do, it would be even more amazing. I mean, this camp served two, three thousand people a summer. I mean, wow, and so, crazy. but without the power, I'm like, can, I, can you yeah. imagine yeah. the Our power presence. and yeah. the power of the presence of God and the gifts of God that could work yeah. in that place? Because I could yeah, feel the presence of God. I could feel it. I mean, it was it was, yeah. a, it was a totally different experience than I've ever had before, being in a place where same songs we sing, same everything we do, but there was yeah, there was song. there was no. <laughs> but there was a barrier. But it was a barrier. It was like it was a wall, and it was like. And it was cool because there was all these little glass windows and stuff. Around. It was like God was on the outside of these windows. Wow. <laughs> and it's like, I'm trying to get in, there but it's like, you, he, the, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was an experience and a half that I had. It was, yeah. it was really different to see how other, other cultures, other, no, <laughs> no. No. But it's a different. <laughs> but it's yeah, see. I wish we could get Chris Galloway's facial expression on the podcast. <laughs> but to see how blessed we are. Just Chris is no one else's. <laughs> and that's how the blessed thing. We, we are. We don't want to get it confused it. with that. It's something um, that that you know it's crazy or that it, it's not something that God blesses. We don't want people to get mixed up and think like we're over here making jokes. We no, believe in the power no. of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the power of speaking in tongues. Um, but when it goes back to the original statements of in these other churches and right. the operations yeah. of, right. I don't believe God's going to use that in confusion, but I also believe what Mandy is saying, that there are limits on God um, because the Spirit has no free reign to operate. Right. Uh, and so there would never be an interpretive message in a place like this. Yeah. So then God is limited to a certain capacity, right? Um, oh, yeah. And it's our fault. Yeah. Well, that's... I've had... A lot of discussions like this with Baptist friends of mine where I'll agree with them. We read, you know, First Corinthians, I think, a lot of times. Pentecostal churches are wrong. You know, you should have an interpreter, and a lot of times there's not. Sure. And I'll also say, but at that, if you're reading it, he also says people should be speaking in tongues. Right. So I'm like, man, double-edged sword, you know. But the Bible well, says you lack wisdom to ask. And that's, yeah. you got to seek the wisdom of God. And that's where the but is the interpretation not happening because people are not obeying God in the moment? Oh, go ahead. Or is go ahead, it preach. because, or is it because there's not one? Most of the time, it's because people are so freaked out right. that God's speaking to them and right. want them to speak up, but they don't. They don't. And so they quench the spirit, more. and it's like, God, are you talking to me? You know, like the devil's going to tell you to go say something, but yeah. oh, transparent. A lot of times, I think it's because we we glorify speaking in tongues. But very subtly hear people preach interpretation. Right. And that's the deal is that we have taken tongues and placed it on such a high pedestal. Right. Um, Which is exactly why Paul wrote that in First Corinthians. The same issue. Yeah. We forget about the other gifts. Right. Yeah, you know, I like Paul because he goes through the scenario like in Corinthians and he's telling them, you guys got it all together. You have all the spiritual gifts operating and you've got everything going on. They were speaking in tongues. They were seeing amazing things happen. And he said, but still, there's one thing that you lack. And he even told him in, in my new King James Version, he said, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. He was trying to teach them there's a better way than even all of this spiritual charismatics that we do. Uh, and he told them that you pursue love. You pursue love and you desire spiritual gifts. 
And that's where we have to be careful is that we're not just desiring to be spiritual, charismatic Christians. Um, and that's where the power of the Holy Spirit will change people. And that's, I think, going back to the why do you speak in tongues question, that, that's my go-to answer. We actually wrote a series on that. Drop it in the comments here. But we did, it's, um, in 1 Corinthians, he introduces the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, then 1 right. Corinthians 13, and then he goes how it should be operated in 1 Corinthians 14. There it is. People use that 1 Corinthians 13 out of context all the time. Yeah. But the deal is, what Paul is saying, love is the center of it. None of these gifts mean anything unless it's operating for that purpose. So when you ask me, why do you speak in tongues? The reason is love. And yeah. I'll, I'm just going to throw in a story. because I, sure. I, I like yeah. it. You're on a roll here. Listen, yeah. <laughs> I was at the state conference one year. No, that, that must have been the international conference. It was an international conference. Yeah, that's the whole point of the story. So <laughs> we have the youth ministry there, and they're doing worship, and they're singing a song in Spanish. And I'm speaking in tongues. I'm worshiping. And next thing I know, I'm singing in Spanish. I don't know Spanish. And I'm praying about it after the service. Like, God, what was that about? Next thing I know, someone sits next to me. And he's just sitting there. I'm speaking in tongues again. He walks away. Someone else comes up. You know what you just did? No. You had a whole conversation in Italian. What? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. You just, you just witnessed to that guy. And he was telling me that guy's family was like, apparently I told him that that guy's family was trying to abandon him, but God never would. And I was like, I didn't say that. He's like, yeah, no, you did. And his parents (laughs) just left him. I didn't say any of that. And that Uh is a more, that is a more biblical interpretation Mm -hmm. of tongues uh, and the operations of is what you just said. How are you speaking in languages you don't know? This is biblical. It was such a crazy what they were trying to figure that's, out. That's the only time, Yana, and that's not me talking about me. That's that was when I got it. That's when God sure. was like, "Hey, this right. is this is why I do that." Because yeah. I think I've questioned it for a long time too. And then God was like, "No, nah, I'm going to show you exactly why." That's I was like, "Okay, all right." I can right. remember um, one time in my life I interpreted, and it was the weirdest thing because I I interpreted my own message. I, I spoke in tongues out loud, and I could hear myself. And in my brain, well, in my head, I don't want to say brain, but I understood what I said. And at that point, I think I was 14, I had no idea what was happening. Because I'd never really been taught what interpretation was. I've been taught interpretation of tongues because we don't talk about that enough. So I can't remember who my cabin leader was, but I definitely remember I went and talked to David Pizarro about it. Because he was. Shout out to David. He's also been on the podcast before. And, uh, I talked to David about it, and I told him my message, and he was he was blown away because he'd never heard of it, like someone interpreting 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 their own message either. And uh, I think Paul said, by pray the time you can, yeah. yeah, that's that's when people don't read the Bible. Paul said, "Pray that you can yeah. interpret." But anyway, so, yeah. continue on. So <laughs> I remember not a shout out to David because <laughs> I was just that was so odd for me. I'd heard people speaking in tongues for the past nine eight years at that point. I never knew what that was supposed to be until that point. Wow. And that was really like that was really polarizing. What's well, just what Chris said, you know, it's helping you understand the mysteries yeah. that should yeah. Those are the deep things. The spirit is searching those deep things and revealing them to you. And then later that night I think it might have been Hunter Huff. Hunter Huff might have been Shut like Hunter. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 just name dropping. Yeah, sorry we Tongues tongue speaking and name dropping podcast. <laughs> yeah. Tongue, tongues and name stuff is what this stuff. But uh, I, that night, he explained to me what it was. And I think that was the moment that I really understood what everyone's going for. 
Yeah. What what we're all here for, everything we're talking about, that was really important milestone in my spiritual walk. But a lot, most people don't get that. Unless they don't know we're supposed to be interpreting. Sure. Okay. That's good. This has been going on for a while. So the main point was I wanted to hear a good camp story. Can you give me a good camp story, maybe? Let's make it tongues related, since since apparently that's what we're going for. Yeah, challenge. Do we have a yeah challenge mode? Tongues related camp story and go. Oh, let me think. Let me right. think. Go. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I do have one. Yes. Okay, so and it, this is one who really when I first started working camp before I was over all of it like ten years ago. Oh, um, so it wasn't about. No, it wasn't about you. It might have been, though, because it was like little camp. Like, it might have been. It may have been. <laughs> but I remember, okay, I remember years ago when um, Brian Ledford and Fonda Ledford were over camp. Morning, wow. Robin. Shout out to great yes, people. Great people. You. We love you. Um, anyway, they were over camp, and the Spirit of God was moving. And all the little, they were over, I think, freshman camp. But anyway, they were all, all the kids were at the. This is also while we got the steps back in Hunter now. But all the steps were loaded. Like I mean, all these kids were all around the altar just praying and seeking the face of God. And I remember them praying. And for some reason, well, not some reason, it's what we do. But we're praying. They're praying. They're being, they're, 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 they're being, the kids are being saved. The kids are being saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. And it was almost like a wave. I remember standing up, standing at the front of the stage praying with these kids, and it was like a wave came through. You have to know Hunter Auditorium, but like we do, but um, came through like the front doors of Hunter like it swept like a wave completely across the stage, all the way to the other side, and those kids were falling out left and right, speaking it's like in the, tongues all the way across the stage. That is probably the most powerful stories I have from camp, and probably one of the, the one who got me hooked the most on camp is the fact that watching God move like that in camp. And there's been other experiences that have been recent where we were praying, we were praying with people at the, the altar, and, and I've had people come up to me and say, you know, I'll staff come to me and say, I want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I was like, well, just ask God for it. <laughs> you you know, for? <laughs> ask God for it. But I've had multiple times for staff, who young staff who didn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I was like, just, just pray, just see. And my thing for, some people may totally disagree with me, but um, my I tell children I'm, when I'm praying with them, look, just imagine you're in front of Jesus. Imagine you're in heaven. Just imagine you're already there, and you're seeking the, and it's you and God. And worship God with everything you have. Just worship Him. Close your eyes and worship Him. Forget about everybody else and just worship Him. And usually, when they if they can get their eyes and heart focused off of everything around them, that's when they'll allow God to use them and allow God to take over and God to fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But I've seen God do it. I've seen God um, fill staff. I've seen God heal staff. I've seen God heal children. I've seen God do all kinds of things in camp where it's like, wow, did He really just do that? <laughs> um, um, <laughs> that but crazy. it's 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 God. Um, and when, you know, when I started doing camping ministry on this on the level I do now, my whole thing is, is Mandy's not over camp, God is. Yeah. Anything I do, I ask God, God, are you sure this is what you want to do? God, what direction do you have? Because this is a huge ministry, 
and I can't live with God, show me what you want done. Show me the change. So the changes that have been made, the things that have been done, because God has said, hey, do it this way. Um, because I want the power of, the, of God. I want the power of God to be in our camps. Because that's the only thing that can change anybody. Right. We can pray for people all day long. But it's God who has to do the change. Right. It's God who has to do the filling. Um, I have laid hands on people. And I have prayed. You know, God, you know, they want, you know the desires of the heart. They want the Holy And I've watched God fill them instantly. I've watched people have to wait a little longer to get it. I mean, I've watched multiple ways happen. But um, the power and the presence of God that happens in camp is is unlike any other. And I think most of it is because we are in unity together. We are in unity together. We are seeking the face of God together. We don't have the outside influences coming in to overtake what God's all trying to media, do. It's God. yeah, it's all about God. Um, getting started, so, but anyway, all right, uh, second episode. Started. So <laughs> no, but um, on a serious note, I think you hit a lot of good points. Application wise, we asked more questions, but one of the big ones I think you just said. No outside influence. Right. And it's not, I think we should avoid the rest of the world, but True. I do think there's a more powerful church is one, A, who isn't putting any, any hindrances of God, willing to accept the gifts, which is what we right. talk about most of the podcast. But then also what you just said, you know, we're not allowing all these other distractions to come in. We're focused on God. How do we do that practically in a real world where, you know, you basically have to have a cell phone. You, if you want to reach some people, you need to have Facebook or Instagram. Think boundaries, putting personal boundaries, making it a priority that I'm going to take this time out with God. There was a point in my life, and Lord forgive me, I don't do it all the time now, but where I would tithe my time. So much time of my day I would spend before God. I would either pray and worship and read the Bible, do whatever. I mean, that was my time. And so you have to, because there's so many things that are, coming at us for our time. Any, every distraction's coming at us. Our phones are gigantic distractions, even for myself. Um, even for myself. I mean, I, I have over a thousand email already that I haven't checked today. Um, and I've so, checked my phone three times. I didn't check it the last two days, and I've got a thousand email. But instantly, I mean, I have, no, I have, I have six email accounts on my phone. Three of them are camp, two of them are work, this one's it. And so it's easily to sit there and get distracted. Um, my new phone has this thing now, how I got on there, which tells me how much time I've spent on my phone. Oh, no. I don't oh, like it. <laughs> I don't like it. That's right, my brother off of social media because his Apple phone told him, you're right. wasting your life. Yeah, he you're wasting say, your life. He didn't really say he's wasting his life. He told me. But you, but, you, but you are. It's like, uh, what don't you like about this feature? Uh, I'm in it and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, you have, your, your percentages went up 30% this week. You're on the phone a lot. <laughs> But it's that you have to make yourself take time. You have to. You have to put priorities. And what, what's most important? And I, I fall short often with it. But what's most important? What is the most important thing in your life? Well, number one is we want to make sure we stay saved. And, we, we, you know, and we're putting God first and we're doing the things that God wants us to do. And, you know, our spiritual life should be first. Oh, yeah. You know, our, our time with God should be first. 
Um, there's been many people who have said, if you don't put God first, the rest of your days is going to fall apart. That's true. Um, <laughs> uh, it is oh, true. Yeah. But, you know, putting God first, you know, when you wake up in the morning, um, What's the first thing on your mind? What do you do? When I have a friend of mine who I love dearly. Oh, I have work in five minutes. Yeah. I love two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> who I, I love dearly and um, not want to name drop. But I have been, she's my best friend and I've been around. And she, without knowing she, without knowing that I, I pay attention, she gets up in the morning and the word of God is on her lips. She's, con- she's, she's talking to God. She's thanking God for the day. She's doing this. And so what are we waking up? How are we waking up? What are we doing when we get up? Are we thanking God for the day? Are we thanking God for this? The first thing, she's making coffee. She's doing whatever. And she is thanking God the whole time. She's praying. She's seeking the face of God the entire time. Wow. I used to be more like that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'll be honest. Be honest. Yeah. I mean, I used to be more like that. Where I, that was my routine. Um, and I need to get back to that. But it's, <laughs> it is because it makes a oh, difference. Man. It makes a difference in how you interact with the world. Yeah. It makes a difference how you interact with each other. Right. It makes a difference in everything you do in your daily life and how God, you know, and what what doors. You know, you notice God's got a door. I believe God has doors open around us all the time. Um, I believe God has doors open around us all the time, and God's willing and ready to do things for. And God's willing and ready has opportunity. I call them, uh, call them God moments. God's ready. He's there to be able. He's got a door open. I think we got a name for our next segment. <laughs> but he's, he's he's got he's got doors open all around us, and moments where we can have those encounters with other people and be able to minister. But we're so tied up in the distractions mm-hmm. yeah. because we've not prayed, we've not sought the face of God, we've not said, "God, show me." Yeah. Show me what doors yeah. you have open for me to minister today. Show me these God almost call. Show me these God opportunities. We don't because we're so absorbed in eight hours of a cell phone during the day oh, or no. eight hours. Because it's it's a huge distraction. Everybody's checking their time to see how many times. <laughs> no, it's long, how long they did this year, this week. But um, <laughs> but it's oh, so man. easy, so so easy to get distracted. Um, and I yeah. think that's that's one way that we. We miss out. Yeah. We miss out because you got the TV. And years ago, I'm getting off the subject, but years ago, <laughs> when I was growing up, a little younger than all of y'all, um, but it used to say that the, the glowing idol in every home was a TV. Well, now it's a cell phone. Now you're toting it around in your hand, mm-hmm. and it's like in your face. Um, but, yeah, I have Netflix and everything else on this bad boy. I can watch whatever, do whatever. I'm on I mean, camping right trip there. and I'm downloading an entire season of American Horror Story. That's fine. <laughs> but, you know, that's... We're in a technology-driven technology driven world that's moving extremely fast. Oh, yeah. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll miss out on those oh, moments yeah. um, that are very valuable. If you don't set aside that time... Yeah, you can't get back. Yeah, and we miss that characteristic in Jesus all the time. We never people don't pay attention to that. They just assume he's Jesus. He could do all this miracles and things. But when you study the Bible, you find out he's constantly going through crowds, getting by himself, spending time with the Father. He's spending time praying. He told the disciples, "Sit here, guys. I'm going to go and pray. Watch while I go pray, yeah. so you won't fall into temptation." What did they do? They went to sleep. Right? You right. come back and they're sleeping. And, you know, you guys can't stay awake for an hour while I pray. And that's where we are is we miss that characteristic in Jesus that 
you got to take that personal time if you don't you'll be ineffective Turns out me and Chris are dangerous together. It used to be because we didn't get along, and now it's because I just have stuff to add to everything you say. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> well, no, actually, it was one of my favorite books for a long time. It, I read it, I think, five times over my freshman mm-hmm. year of college. Wow. It was um, the book. Yeah, and The Eye of the Storm by Max Lucado. Okay. It wasn't a particularly scholarly it book. Is Max, Max Lucado painted a beautiful picture of Jesus's second worst day. Next to the crucifixion, nice. the only day of his life that's in all four Gospels. said so it's uh, when he woke up, and the uh, first thing in the morning got news that his uh, cousin just got killed, John the Baptist, and then he tried to get alone, and as soon as he got alone, a bunch of people crowded him wanting food, and he yeah. had to feed 5,000 people with just a couple loaves of bread and fish, and then his disciples wouldn't leave him alone, so he tried to go to a mountain to get by himself, and he had a little bit of time to pray, and that was it. That was the eye of the storm. He's like, this crazy day's happening. He... He's already told everybody, I'm getting killed next. Yeah. Just heard his cousin die. All he's thinking about is, man, this this is me next. And then he has to preach to all these people, which is hard work, has to feed all these people. And he finally gets just a second to spend alone. And, he, mm-hmm. and what he does is he goes to a mountain and he prays. And that's why he ends up walking on the water, because he has to catch up to his disciples, because even in that little bit of time he had to pray, guy went, oh yeah, by the way, um, all your disciples are kind of freaking out in this boat over here. You need to go help them <laughs> out. You go help? So he had to walk the boat. Sure. Like guys, guys, let's why? Like why? Why are you doubting now? But the truth yeah. of the matter is, on his worst day, the main thing Jesus wanted to do. I think I forgot how many times he said this over and over and over again. Every time something happened that day, it was because Jesus was trying to get alone. He found he saw five thousand because he was trying to get alone, not because he was looking for a crowd. He had just that one moment, and that one moment is all it takes. That's all it takes, is that time, that one moment with God, and he can change your whole day. Oh, yeah, definitely. Man, that's good stuff, guys. So, um, yeah, so now for the segment that we're going to call our God moment segment. God moment. Uh, should, should we uh, trademark that, Mandy McLaughlin? Sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. man, we got to, I actually, um, and we just go around and share just one good God moment we had this week. Uh, we like to try and read some from our email, but I, I don't have any this week. I like to queue up a bunch of podcasts at once, and I just use the only one I had. <laughs> so, but we have five people here, so we should have plenty of good stories. And at least five. Yeah. Tavir, did you want to start this time? Sure. I, uh, it's This is something that I've noticed before, which is going to sound weird to people who know me very well. And listen to this podcast, but uh, it happened while I was playing ping pong. <laughs> of course, it did. <laughs> I uh, I probably play ping pong more than anyone who's not a professional. Uh, I uh, I noticed something really weird uh, this past weekend or weekend before. It was it was fairly recently, <laughs> but uh, I realized when I stopped thinking about the game so much. And just kind of let my body go through the motions, and not think about what I'm doing. Uh, not only do I get worse from doing, but uh, <laughs> I start. It, it's really easy for me to make a connection with God. It's really like my body's so used to that motion. It's just so easy. Like that simplicity and normalcy that I've gained through playing so often and letting my body take control lets my mind focus wholly on God. And uh, it's just become really, it's, it's shocking, 
and at the same time, I, I just doesn't surprise me. I, I feel so at home playing Dave Hawk. So <laughs> that uh, it just allows me to talk to God easier. And that's his segue to his new podcast, TJ and, uh, and Move On. Yeah, that's up. Yeah. <laughs> Link in the description. <laughs> but uh, that's, I'd that's say that was my, that was probably my biggest God moment. Um, would our ghost Aaron Hardy like to share her God moment for the week? Sure. <clears throat> so, it actually happened like last night. Um, I was reading the story of when Jesus was walking on the water. This is not some like, ooh, huge God moment. But, um, I don't know. I was just reading it and I read like the chapter before it. Um, and I don't know. I was reading it out of the book of Mark. Because um, I decided this week that I'd start reading the book of Mark because like, nobody ever preaches out of that one, I don't feel like. Um, First one written. So, I've never preached out of that one. Exactly. Um, so I decided <laughs> to read out of that one. And I don't know, just something that just hit me last night. Like, I've heard that story ever since, you know, I was just a little babe. And <laughs> well, babe. <laughs> just a little, just a little Man, time. Man, I want a Babe Ruth. Yeah. My favorite candy bar. So good. That's yeah. okay. Babe Ruth. Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm like, hungry, guys. <laughs> Either way, I mean, I've heard it since I was just a little tot. Um, but it just hit me last time. No, like, it, did it did something to me, and I just kind of sat there and I'm like, "Look at this! Look at what he can do!" And it just reminded me, like, the stuff that I'm going through this week, like trying, I'm trying to find a job. And it just reminded me that he can do this. How small is my problem? You Maybe. should read in the Eye of the Storm by Max Legato. <laughs> Link in the show notes. <laughs> he knows me well enough to know that I'm not going to read that. Because um, <laughs> I've had two of his books since November and I haven't touched them. Audible is your friend. My yeah, heart. So, I don't need my books for everything. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> to read it. Um, so I will not just, be a link to those books. No, because I have them. Um, <laughs> so it just reminded me how this was such a big deal that it made it into the Bible. I mean, there was a storm, and you know, he was walking on the water, and just remind me how small my problem is, and how, of course, he can do it. Of course, he can make something happen. You know how hard it is to walk on water? Pretty dang hard, because I tried it. Just about every so Samantha, you want to talk about your God moment? <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is such a long podcast, guys. I'm going to divide it up. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I think there's been a lot of things going on recently, and a lot of it. People don't know, but um, I found out last year that I was losing my job in February. Oh, wow. And so I lost one job in February. Ten days later, I found out I'm losing my second job. (laughs) So I'm going to be unemployed, Um, which is fine. I've already thought for unemployment. And I'm like, you know, God's got it. I've I've had peace about it. It's fine. Um, And then, you know, we're getting ready for camp training and all this other stuff. And I get lots and lots of it. I'll call them excuses. Mm, yeah. yeah, those are fun. They're really, they're really some hilarious ones I cannot share. Um, <laughs> not on, not on video. That's that's. Um, but content. anyway, so it's like, <laughs> so there's lots of lots of lots of ones. But anyway, so I was really frustrated yesterday. I think it was yesterday before yesterday. I was really frustrated. It's just like the more and more and more you dig and you try to try to drive something, you try to make sure it's going the right way. It seems like you're just getting beat up. And God reminded me when I was a little girl, um, 
and how my dad always had this garden. And I was the one who always ran the tiller. Okay, mm. a tiller is the machine that has blades <laughs> up front. <laughs> and it, okay. had, it had it has handles and it would because I was so short I was short mm. yeah. and I was too young really to be using it. Anyway, if you if you manhandled it it would beat you to death. I mean, it would literally beat you up. But if you if you held it just right with enough pressure, it would go and do what it's supposed to do. But if you left it alone, it would sit there and dig a hole and not do yeah. what it's supposed to do. And so it, he kind of reminded me, he's like, look, you're getting beat up just like you were with that tiller. If you use enough patience and you use just enough control and do what you got to do, it'll guide, the rose will be straight, it'll be what I needed to be, just do what That'll you got to do. Because, it, oh, I, I've said the other day, so this is going to preach later <laughs> in my next message. Um, and I said, because, you know, when I didn't, and if it would hit a root or a, 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 pro, a problem in the road, yeah. it would snatch. And the handles, because I was short, would always catch me in the ribs. <laughs> so I'd always, after the, after telling the guard, I'd have bruises, like, in my side, wow. because it would stab me because I was doing it wrong. But if you had enough patience, if you had the patience and you had and if you did you had enough control, not trying to manhandle it, not trying to push it, not trying to do that, it would guide just right and your rose would be perfect. It would be it would end up where it was supposed to be and you had to do them over. It would end up like it was supposed to be. So that was my for me, that was that light bulb moment of just chill. It's okay. It's okay. Sorry, and this has probably been the calmest I've ever been going into a <laughs> into a camp training ever um, weekend. So it's it's like you know God's got it. Yes, yeah. chill. Right. God's got it. Perfect. God's got it. All right, Mr. Galloway. God's your God moment of the week. Oh, God moment of the week. Um, okay, so there's this guy um, that I associate with, and um, when I first met him it was probably a year ago. And uh, he's not a Christian, and he's very, uh, he'll let you know really quickly he's not a Christian <laughs> and what he thinks about all of our stuff <laughs> that we do with God in the Bible, and he has an interesting place he likes to tell me to put it. He used to. And, uh, so anyway, <laughs> we, yeah, so uh, we had this, it's not really a friendship, we just kind of, we say hey to each other, but um, over the course of a year, I've been very intentional about just trying to be this guy's friend, right? So he never would talk to me about it. And uh, about a month ago, as he was buying a bunch of stuff, he threw a Bible for no reason because I don't talk about it with him because, you know, he cusses and screams at you and stuff. So uh, he threw a Bible and said, hey, preacher man, you might need this. And he threw it to me. And I was like, hey, how did you know I was a preacher man? He said, oh, someone told me. And so we struck up a conversation. And uh, long story short, um, we're not friends at all. He's not interested in God. But uh, this past week on Friday, which is when? Um, yes, today. Ah, come on. Today? Yesterday. Today's Friday. Oh, well, nine minutes ago was Friday. Nine minutes. <laughs> all right, so listen. So listen, on Friday, here we are. This guy, he's, we're at this place again, and so we're talking. And uh, something tragic has happened in his life. Uh, a friend he knew had passed away, yeah. and we started talking about it. And so uh, he asked me all these questions about God and about the Bible and uh, all these different scenarios that he would go through. And uh, so when we were getting ready to leave, he says, hey, man, would you like to go to lunch? And so then we went to lunch and uh, we sat down and we spent two hours discussing the Bible, discussing uh, Jesus Christ as a sacrifice and all these things. And um, yeah, 
I always say, though, that's a God story that happened on Friday. When's Friday? Uh, Ten minutes ago. Ten minutes ago. So that was my day today. I pray every day, God, give me an opportunity to talk to a person. So you did that today, and you still made it here on time. Of course. Nice. you got to prioritize your life. But the point is that if you ask God to give you an opportunity every day to make an impact, He'll give it to you if you're looking for it. So always be looking. Wow. And uh, every day you can make an impact. We talked about the priesthood of Evan Weaver a lot on the podcast. It's uh, what, Hebrews 11? Yeah. So um, we have a live audience. Does she want to talk about her God a little bit? She does not. Okay. She loves Jesus. She loves Jesus, though. He's a good friend of mine. She loves camp, too. She's one of my camp friends. We're we're here, so everybody's here. That's the talk. Now we're going to record a three-hour session of two (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. I'm just kidding. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. This was the Old Church Podcast. Um, Be sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Okay, um... Subscribe to our Patreon if you want our behind-the-scenes recordings. Yeah, recording recordings. Or to just support us and get the word out. It's uh, that's three dollars a month. You get uh, support podcasts, get blooper reels, extra content, the random top house video on the mic. I might sign something for you. Thank you for listening.